0: Greetings, I am your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to the second season of My Weirdest Experience Podcast. This is the show of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. And it's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Hi friends, thanks for listening. This is your host of the Weirdest Experience podcast, Tina Clark. I also wanted to share with you I have my own energy healing business called Stargazing Angel LLC. I offer energy healing sessions, EFT tapping sessions, tarot readings, and I also offer classes on Reiki, Shamanism, and Tarot and more. If you're interested in having a session with me, please call 843-695-7218. Or you can email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. You can also check out my website, which is www.tinakinneyclark.com. That's T-I-N-A-K-I-N-N-E-Y-C-L-A-R-K-E. Hey, everyone, welcome to the show. I have Joe Baines here all the way from London. He is a biohacker health coach and a stand up comedian. And he's going to explain what that is. And we're going to talk about silent darkness retreats and psychedelics today. So welcome to the show, Joe.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's uh, it's a crazy world out there in terms of um, psychedelics and and um, and dark and really Just mental. Just, yeah.
0: So before we even started recording, I asked him about his uh, artwork on uh, Shiva up there. We dove into like <laughs> definitions of. Of masculine, feminine, and what those energies are and how they manifest in us as humans. So, we already dove deep even before we started recording. So, what exactly is a biohacker health coach?
1: So, a biohacker is, uh, is but you, you, you know what a hacker is hacks computer systems. Yes. A biohacker hacks biological systems, as in, you know, ourselves. And so a biohacker is about how improving this being, uh, making it better, anti-aging, uh, increasing the health, performance, productivity, all that kind of stuff. And it came around about, I think about 15, 20 years ago, with the word, uh, because now we can, uh, we can look inside your body almost in real time. Like, so now we can take you into a lab and for example, let's say I give you a cup of coffee, you know, make it a certain coffee. But we can see what that coffee is doing in your blood, in your brain and, you know, everywhere. Right. And we can do it cheaply and, it, you know, pretty quickly. Whereas like, you know, 50 years ago, it wouldn't have been possible. And so now we can take that coffee and we can tune it to you. You know, like let's say I came up with a, a coffee uh, recipe. Right. And I said, oh, this coffee recipe works amazing for me. And then you try and you go, ah, it was okay. It wasn't anything special. But if you're in a lab, you can then take those degrees and tune them and go, oh, actually, that does this in my blood. And this has a different effect. So biohacking is the art and science of anti-aging peak health and peak performance. And it's a science because there's a, most of the research is coming out of universities and from you know private labs. Uh, and the, the, it's an art. Because even though we're all the same, we're all very slightly different. Yeah. So that coffee recipe would work great for me because I've tuned it to my body. But then you try it and you go, well, actually, if I increase this slightly and that one down slightly, it gives me a better effect because you now you're tuning it to your own body. Um, So that's what biohacking is. Uh, Tons. A lot of the stuff in biohacking, by the way, is thousands of years old. But the difference is now we've been able to prove it in the lab and we've been able to tune it in the lab as well because, yeah, so loads of this is like, like the coffee thing I was telling you about. It's, it's, it's really old. All this information is in ancient cultures. Uh, but we've just been able to take it into the lab and go, right, it works, but like if I tune it this way and this way, it gives me even better results. So that it's, it's a packaging in the Western world.
0: Okay, so... Um, say somebody's looking for you to better their health or you know, give me an example of how you could help them.
1: Well, what so what I do is it's called a um a, um a health makeover. So I, I we sit down and I go, Well, tell me your lifestyle at the moment. And then what we do is we take your lifestyle and we make small changes to it. Like for example, we could do do this with you. Like what's uh you know, what did you have for breakfast? What do you normally have for breakfast?
0: I don't always eat breakfast.
1: Perfect. <laughs>
0: um, when I'm hungry, if I wake up hungry, I eat something. If I'm not hungry, I'm drinking green tea.
1: That That is actually the best breakfast you can have. <laughs> so you, so you, you, you already tuned. You already tuned. Yeah. That
0: yeah. I uh, started experimenting with intermittent fasting and um, um, I got a October was just a crazy month so so glad October's over um but I got sick and I kind of got off of the green tea in the morning but I I really believe in honoring my body and if I'm hungry then eat something and if I'm not hungry don't worry about it perfect simple
1: yeah well that, that intermittent fasting it comes from fasting, but they took the fasting and put it in a lab, and then see what was happening in the body. Yeah, and, and from that, because we got a lot more information about what's happening to the body during fasting, then out of that came intermittent fasting. Uh, so I do intermittent fasting as well, mm-hmm. um, and so, but so yeah, so now we can because the first ten hours of a fast doesn't actually do anything. Right. There's no benefit to it. It's mm-hmm. only when you go above 10 hours that it actually yeah. starts having an impact. So that, yep. that's why going up to 16 hours works or 20 hours or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, um, and if all of if any listeners out there are interested, really good books on this is Feast, Fast, Repeat and The Obesity Code.
1: Mm, Those are yes. good
0: starting books, right? Any other books you would recommend?
1: Um, I, I normally just get people to google it but i, I will send them um, like um information like some links on on, on youtube yeah um
0: that's and... because we live in 2022 and no one's reading books but me <laughs> <laughs> but i have to be thorough like i i have to learn if i'm interested in a subject you know i study it you know i read about it i take notes and like i'm still in school so those are the two books that I read. And the interesting thing is I was introduced to, well, I've heard of intermittent fasting, but um, by another guest on the show, Fred Rutman, And um, he actually kept dying for a few minutes and coming back because he had these heart problems. And he said the best thing that for his health was the intermittent fasting. So he eats one meal a day now, yeah. And his yeah. cardiologist threw the book "Obesity Code" at him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's impressive, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, what do you want yeah. to talk about first, Joe? I want to hear. Let's hear about the silent and darkness retreats,
1: like. Well, what the 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 thing the thing is they're both linked. Uh, mm-hmm. psychedelics and uh darkness the retreat is it's um it, it's basically so I, I'll, I'll let me start with the psychedelics because that then leads into the darkness okay okay uh, because they they do the same sort of thing uh yeah just the darkness does it without you needing any substances and the darkness does it in a slower way uh but they it's, it's basically emulating psychedelic that's okay that's the, yeah. okay so, so, I don't assume you know. So I'm also from the world where say no to drugs. Drugs are bad. <laughs> this is why they're. This is why they're. They're illegal because they're bad for you. They're evil. Don't do them. Right. So I've grown up all my life saying no to drugs. Right. Yeah. Like, no, no. Me I'm too. Yeah. yeah. But I think it was about five, six, seven years ago. I ended up in hospital, like massive pain. I was disabled. I had diabetes. I was like that I finished you know and they couldn't help me like they, i had uh, nerve damage all kinds of stuff and they couldn't help me at all but they used so they used to give me all these pills like 10 pills a day painkillers mostly uh and then the side effects from those painkillers they'd give me more pills and they, so like when they discharged me i was still disabled but i started with a massive bag of uh drugs you know mm-hmm. drugs and i used to read them do you know like the, the leaflets inside oh my God, the side effects were horrendous. I was like, oh my God, this stuff is going to kill me. And even the nurse was saying, look, you got to get this stuff. It will kill you, you know, because uh, I was taking a lot of stuff. And I was looking for a solution, like, oh, I need to get these fast, you know. But I was in a lot of pain. And then somebody uh, said, look, cannabis. I was like, cannabis? And they said, yeah, I can get it for you. So they got me this cannabis, like uh, it was uh, a resin, and literally, it was like this small, like literally, like literally a drop, uh, but it was like five hundred pounds, you know. And what you did was, I would drip, uh, I would uh, dip a pin into it, put it underneath my tongue, and the pain would go away, and it would make me sleepy, so it put me to sleep. Like, whoa, this is crazy. And then I googled it, and it had zero side effects. I was like. This that's why real. it was
0: illegal for so long because it's actually good for us
1: yeah but and then and, and my I so I had for some weeks I was in a you know dis dissonance you know like when my brain I couldn't compute you know it's like well hang on a minute. This <laughs> <stuff is illegal." laughs> yeah. it has no like I googled the shit out of this by the way like like yeah I was I was looking for the the downsides of this you know yep. i did not find a single like nothing there like, is no. a
0: downside now some people can get addicted to oh, it right. they See, get I, dependent I... on it or the other uh, downside is a uh, feeling of paranoia which really isn't pleasant <laughs> ah, I, <laughs> yeah
1: okay. I, I didn't suffer any of it because i, I mm-hmm. took it for two months twice a day uh, because because of the amount of pain i was in yeah. The only way I could sleep was to take these things, and so I used to take um, the cannabis, and it would make me really high if I'd took too much, you know mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I would take it twice a day, and it would put me to sleep. And uh, within and I did it for, I think it was two months, every single day, twice a day, right? But at the end of it, like I got to a point where I didn't need to take it, and I stopped taking it, and I forgot all about it. Do you know like um like the the drop that i had there was still like 50% left in there yeah mm-hmm. and i would and i had it in the fridge and as soon as i didn't need it yeah i i i even forgot where it was in the fridge Do you know like uh it was at my brother's house and uh, i went back like some years later and it was still there in the, in the you know in, in the corner of that fridge yeah. and so for me and, as soon as I stopped taking it, that like, all the highs went away, i my body just like it, it was like as if I've never taken it, yeah,, you know, like,
0: and I think because you were taking it for physical symptoms that you were having, I think, um I just had a conversation with someone who feels like she's dependent on it for her anxiety, and she knows that. It's becoming a habit and she doesn't want to do it anymore. Um, so maybe for mental health, it could be, you could become dependent.
1: Well, so there's, there's uh, just like in any other field. I, I've researched psychedelics a lot, yeah. by the way. Like good, nut. good. Because
0: yeah. I have questions.
1: <laughs> okay. so, so with, with the cannabis, uh, there's different uh, strains, varieties. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so, for example, there's there's two main plants. There's the indica plant, which is really good for to take at night because it makes you drowsy and it makes you sleepy. It's really good for repairing the body, um, and it's good for going to sleep and kill the pain and all that kind of stuff, right? And that's the one that you normally see where they smoke it and they're drowsy. Right? Mm-hmm. There's there's also sativa. Sativa is like a good coffee. Uh, it energizes you. It's really good to take. Like first in the morning, you can get loads of shit done and all kinds of stuff. And Mm. there's like hundreds of varieties Mm -hmm. of uh, of, uh, cannabis strains. And some are really good for making love on. Some are really good for entrepreneurship. Some are really good for sleeping. Some are really good for creative work. Some are really good for this. You know, like literally anything out there, uh, there's a different strain of cannabis for it. And it's the same thing that applies to mushrooms as well. So if you're working on resolving issues around, let's say, trauma, then this mushroom is really good for that. If you're dealing with issues around, you know, uh, I don't know, financial stuff, this mushroom is really good. Oh, you know, interesting. And again, with Yeah, so with mushrooms as well, there's hundreds of varieties, and they all have specific purposes. So there's a lot of cannabis out there that does not create paranoia at all.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, so there's like... Um, It all depends
0: on the strain that you have. Interesting.
1: And also on your intention and also on why you're taking it. Do you know, like um, like for me, the only reason I ever touch psychedelics is for personal development, nothing else. I just see them as uh, rocket fuel for my personal development. Mm -hmm. They will accelerate anything I do. Doesn't matter what it is. It's an accelerator for me. Have you...
0: Go ahead. Sorry.
1: So I'm always looking at it from point of view rather than as a recreational thing, or rather than as a as a as just a trip. Like I I prepare. So I used to spend like a week preparing for each trip. Now I you know take a couple of days and I prepare the trip. I know what I'm doing in it. I know what what meditations I'm doing. I know what incantations I've got. I know what exercises I'm you know like I've got it like everything prepared like yeah i know what i'm doing in it uh and, and then and i and i choose the right one for whatever i need
0: and you do this by yourself or do you have someone
1: with you i i, I do it from by myself yeah okay I because i've i've been i've done so many like um <laughs> maybe i've done like 50 or 100 mushroom trips maybe maybe probably the same number of um uh, cannabis
0: Wow, um, what about ayahuasca? Have you done that? I,
1: I've done about five, five ayahuascas. Yeah. Um, I for me, I don't like the throwing up bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: why I yeah. wouldn't do it. I hate throwing up.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. Right. <laughs> but, but there's also another one called DMT, which is basically ayahuasca but purified.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the beauty of DMT is that. It kicks in really fast, like within 10, 20 seconds. And the trip is over within 15, 20 minutes. Wow. So it's fast. Uh, but it's it's the same chemical that yeah, ayahuasca uses, exactly the same, just in a more purified way.
0: I go because... on my own trips, but not on psychedelics.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I've done some crazy trips on my own. Well, I'm sure
0: that you meditate all the time. And um, I do shamanic journeys and soul retrievals. And the reason why I'm thinking about this is because it easily takes me 15 minutes. You know, no matter where I go or what I do or what my intention is or what I'm trying to accomplish for my clients. It's always 15 minutes. And it's always amazing because I did so much in that time. Wow. Yeah. Oh, but I don't do take any psychedelics, it's all.
1: Well, so so way I look at it, for me anyway, is uh, I'm doing something, right? It could be a incantation, it could be um, let's see, making love, or it could be channeling, uh, like in Tantra. So in Tantra, what Tantra is about is using sexual energy uh, for evolving yourself, it's using sexual energy for um, growing yourself, but developing yourself. Yeah. Um, and sexual energy is seen as a as a, an accelerator, a fire. To so, whatever you want to do, it accelerates whatever that is. Uh, but so does psychedelics. Psychedelics is also an accelerator. Um, they will accelerate whatever you're doing to whole new levels. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's like, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Let's say you're trying to climb Mount Everest, and I give you um, um, like a jetpack, you know, with bionic arms that allows you to climb faster or quicker. Mm -hmm. Psychedelics is a bit like that. Like Mm -hmm. some psychedelics would be like putting a jetpack on with a booster rocket in it and go boom, straight on the top of the mountain. So they're, you know, and also fasting. I don't know if you've done, you know, like long term fasting. It also is an accelerator so if you're doing any no, kind of...
0: Uh, I, I don't do good without food.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I find women are like, more like that. Men are more, uh, I think, because we come from the hunter-gatherer. Yeah. Uh, the men went out and hunted and they could be gone for weeks and without any food. And so yeah. they, uh, for us, it seems more natural to fast.
0: Yeah. Uh, whereas,
1: whereas women are uh, built differently um but fasting is a it's a massive accelerator
0: right Uh, especially for your health because it's so good for your body to take a break from insulin response basically which is what you trigger with any kind of taste in your mouth from food or beverage so yeah it's really good it's just i don't know i've never tried the fasting thing for very long Wow.
1: It, 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 it's, it's a conditioning. Um, basically, let's say what I do with my clients is uh, I, I ask them, you know, like, how long can you normally go without food? And some will say, like, six hours. And I was okay, well, let's take it to seven hours. Mm-hmm. And once you're comfortable, because I was the same. I, for most of my life, I needed to eat five or six meals a day. Like, I would literally be running from one meal to the next. I was always hungry. And uh, then when I, came ill and I had to start learning to fast I would start at six hours like okay go for six hours you know and yeah then once I got to six and then I would be like take it to eight hours and then got it to 10 hours slowly weeks later and but when I hit 20 hours it became really easy as soon mm. as I got to like I, I remember this was like five six seven years ago now but I remember it was a massive challenge to build myself up, to be able to go 20 hours without food. Like it was, it was like really hard. I mean, I struggled, but as soon as I got to 20, it became really easy. You know, once I got to 20, I could now do 36 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours. It didn't matter.
0: Oh, so I, for a month I did 19.5. So I had like a five hour eating window. Oh, it was hard. It was hard, and I backed off of it. And so now I kind of eat from twelve to six or twelve yeah. to seven. It's a little longer, but it's it's easier than the the nineteen five.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that that's actually the the perfect window. That's literally all I'm trying to get my clients to is to eat between twelve and six. So that's it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. Um.
0: And part of it is I want to have dinner with my family. Now, if I didn't have a family and I was single, I'd probably eat like a massive lunch and be good. But that's not how my lifestyle is set up. And I want to have dinner with my family. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I have some clients that do and they go, but I want to, I want to eat until eight o'clock because you know, I have dinner yeah. with my family at yeah. seven o'clock. And I'm like, brilliant, do that. You uh you finish by eight o'clock, but you start at two p.m. Yeah, know? so mm-hmm. and I I do that for myself as well. Um, there'll be sometimes I I meet um you know colleagues or, or or friends or whatever for breakfast, and then on that day I might be eating at eight in the morning, you know. But then what I do is I finish eating by, uh, you know, 1, 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then I'm done, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I vary it. Like sometimes I'm meeting friends or colleagues or whatever for dinner. So on that day, because I know I'm going out somewhere and I'm eating somewhere uh, and I know I'm going to have a big dinner, I won't eat for the whole day. And I'll just save myself uh, for that dinner. That's it yeah. dinner for that day. And then another day it could be the breakfast thing. So I just have the breakfast like sometimes we stay in places and they have buffet breakfast. I'll be right. I'm having the breakfast and I'll have a big breakfast, but then I don't need to eat until the next day.
0: Yeah, Um, I don't have that down. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So how does the psychedelics connect with the retreat?
1: So psychedelics, uh, what they do is like DMT, especially, uh, it opens up the brain. It connects parts of the brain that aren't normally connected. So the way we look at it in um, the, ba- basically the way I see them, I see them as a gift from God and they're, and they're a way to connect directly with God. So in, um in Eastern mysticism and all that, they, the idea is that we are always connected. Right. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know if you know what God is. God is basically you. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Or you can think of it as your higher self or your future self or what do you want to call it? Well,
0: I like creator or source. Yeah. Creator,
1: source, reality, nature. uh, Because uh,
0: there are gods, many, many, many gods, you know, or aliens that people thought were gods. (laughs) There's a lot of those, but that's why... It, I don't like the religious connection to that word. So I use source or creator.
1: Yeah. source. I think source is good. So, yeah. source, uh, so basically you're always connected to source, right? The only problem is you, um, you, you're not aware of it. And what psychedelics do is they allow you to make you aware of it. They expand your consciousness and they expand your, you know, your awareness so much that you become aware of this connection
0: so Um, another way to do that if you're familiar with Reiki is in Reiki we practice being mindful and aware of our connection to all that is to universal life force which is what Reiki means universal life force and so we practice a method of connecting to that energy, being aware that we are connected to that energy. And then we bring the that energy intentionally down into our bodies and into our hearts and out our hands. And then that's mm. Reiki. That's giving uh, Reiki.
1: So you, you can achieve the same through uh, meditation as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But it just takes a lot of meditating and it <laughs> takes a lot of um, time and effort. Like, I don't know if you've heard of Vipassana. No. No, so Vipassana is a, like a silent meditation or 10 days and you meditate 12 hours a day. And it produces a similar effect to psychedelics, basically. On day five or six or seven, you will have psychedelic experience. Um, and basically psychedelics just opens up or your consciousness completely, um depending on how much you take and mm-hmm. it, I mean, I've taken a lot, like when I've taken i've you know I've gone beyond God, you know, like so I've gone to places where I didn't think it was possible to get, but anyway, yeah, um
0: I want to hear about that where Where have you gone that's beyond well, creator,
1: so I've been to a place. <laughs> where i am outside of uh reality so i'm looking at not reality sorry existence so i got to a place i took so much i took a mega dose of uh, lsd right and it took me so this is all of existence it took me outside of it i don't know how that happens and when i was outside of all of existence all of existence was having an existential crisis where it was going, I exist, I don't exist, I exist, I don't exist. So it was coming in, in out of existence all the time. Wow. And I was the one holding it together. And it felt like hell because it was like all of existence was having an existential crisis in my head about whether it should exist or not exist. And it was happening really fast. And it lasted like, 12 hours or something so and i was scared so i rang the ambulance
0: oh <laughs> so uh-huh. i rang the
1: ambulance this is the three in the morning i rang the ambulance going look if i fall up fall asleep or if i fall down existence will disappear i was convinced that uh that all of uh that if i you know passed out anything that existence would disappear but not only would it disappear it would be like it never existed do you know but the and, uh, interesting
0: thing is that you look and look at how we sleep when we fall asleep we're not conscious anymore right but we're still alive we still wake up in the morning you know most of the time not everybody but you know we still wake up in the morning so so what was out there like? beyond reality did you see anything did you feel besides the existential crisis (laughs) going on over here what was going on where you were
1: so the way i would break it down it seems to be like from what i can figure out uh the universe is like an egg or an onion an onion is a better bet the universe is like an onion and um and we're in the center and we go through different layers until eventually you break out into nothingness. Yes. Right? And mm-hmm. so, when you, when, as you start going up these uh, levels, right, um, these levels, the, as you go up at, at first, they make this reality more real or make change it around a bit. But if you keep going up the levels, then this reality starts to break apart. Like my hands would start disintegrating uh this laptop would start the, the environment around me would start waving and disin- disintegrating you know like it like fractals
0: like it couldn't hold its form anymore
1: yeah that's it yeah yeah and then and then then you enter something called dmt i'm calling it dmt space so if you keep going up these levels you end up in dmt space where you see fractals and all kind of crazy stuff going on and if you keep going up these levels then you break out into another zone i'm gonna call it and at that zone is flashing lights so it's all flashing lights in there right mm-hmm. and also you can um, in that zone you can see galaxies as well you can see planets you can see stars you know as if you're flying around in space right and mm-hmm. but if you keep going up take more you eventually break out the whole onion completely and then you end up in nothingness
0: I think what that is- I've been there. See, I was talking to you about that before we were recording. So I go there all the time.
1: Ah, okay. There's, so, no- so you, so-
0: There's nothing up there but creator's voice and light. So I go for my clients and I say, creator, please give me a color, a healing color for my client. And then I ask him for a message and he hands me or he doesn't have hands, but like a ball of light of a certain color. And then I bring the sphere of light down through all the levels back to this reality into my client's heart. And I watch the color spread. I didn't learn this from anything that is all intuitive, you know, what I've done. But I think people enjoy it and it's useful information. Of course, if you get a message from creator, yeah. You're gonna listen, right?
1: <laughs> so, so you have a gift, basically. Yeah. You have yeah, a gift so to be there's to nothing
0: make. up there. I don't see anything. I I feel creator and I hear a male voice. Yes, I'm sorry, people. It's male to me. <laughs> you know, I know the creator is completely balanced uh female, male energies, but I hear of a male voice, and then I just... It's it's just energy. It's just a level of energy. And then I come back down, and sometimes I stop at the angelic dimension on the way down, because I'm familiar with that dimension too.
1: Uh, What's the angelic dimension?
0: It's where the archangels and the angels are, and ascended masters are there too. And so sometimes I bring the sphere of light for their blessings, so sometimes certain angels will come and touch this sphere and add their color to it, and then I bring it back now.
1: Uh, Because in our tantra school, they do a lot of uh, meditations and practices around angels. Yeah. Uh, Like a lot of stuff. Uh, Sometimes they have like a whole week where they just do angels, meditations, connecting with different angels, and things like that.
0: Yeah, so my first, uh, when I first started meditating heavily was like over 10 years ago, and I had monkey mind. And monkey mind is when you can't control your thoughts, and you can't sit there, and you can't clear your mind. So I would do a lot of guided meditations, which helped me focus better, and then I did one on um, meet your spirit guide. So this woman's voice was guiding me, and she's like, your spirit guide is coming, and you need to look at that being. What did they look like? They're coming forward. Um, Talk to them, ask their name, and it was an angel. And when I asked his name, he said, my name is Gabriel. Wow! So in the middle of the guided meditation, I'm like, What? <laughs> And that's what started my whole angel thing. But obviously we I know Gabe I mean, I remember talking to Gabriel before I incarnated in this lifetime.
1: Oh you, you your chakras must be very aligned and open, you know?
0: Lots wow. and lots of lifetimes of practice.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you don't just yeah. come
0: in and and you and can do it. this for no reason and I tell these yeah. to people all the time like you're talented at this because you worked at it yeah. and that was the answer I got from Gabriel because I was like I asked him why can I see you so easily because I feel like other people can't or they say your energy's too strong and they can't be around Archangel energy. I've I've heard of people saying that. And they didn't believe me when I said I was communicating and around our energy. And he said, you have worked at this so much over many lifetimes. And that's why it comes easy to you now.
1: Mm, my and girlfriend that's... is the same. My girlfriend is the same. Yeah. She can connect to energies like that. Like When I take, um, sometimes I'll do psychedelics with her. And I take the psychedelic and she feels it through me. So she's never taken them, Mm -hmm. but she has just a strong effect. And she goes with me as if she'd taken them, but she hasn't, you know, so. That's
0: interesting. I bet I could do the same thing. I mean, does she lay by you or does she hold your hand during it? Or how does she feel Uh, it through you?
1: would, Would she just, she's just, physically very close to me and so we could be hugging or cuddling yeah and she's having the the trip at the same time (laughs) but the thing is like for for me to have the trip right I take the substance and then I'll do some breath work and all that kind of stuff and it takes like half an hour for the substance to kick in like for her it happens instantly
0: yeah see that's why I don't take psychedelic
1: because it just happens I don't need to (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's great I wish I had your abilities, but I don't. Yeah. So I I need uh, external help at the moment, but yeah. I, I have been able to achieve the same thing by doing uh, meditating. But so I need to do a lot of meditating.
0: I teach uh, Reiki and I teach other kind of spiritual classes, and my Reiki teacher told me, she said, "Tina, you just go there. Like when you when you meditate, you just go." And if you're teaching somebody, you have to break it down for them because they won't be able to go there like you or I can. And so I've had to try to break it down for people because I, you know, over 10 years ago, I would do like group meditations and we'd all do a group meditation together. And I'm like, oh yeah, I saw all this and this happened. And I had, and everybody's looking at me like, I'm a weirdo. Either that, or either that, or they're like, "How are you doing that? How are you seeing all that?' And I'm like, "Um, uh, I don't know. I just that's what happened. I'm not doing anything special. I'm just meditating,
1: yeah, basically, yeah yeah, yeah. I mean it's uh, i'm I'm jealous, but <laughs> you've, you've done the work, you know um, I have to create the environment for me to be able to do these things Uh, now the
0: wonderful thing is that you have so much knowledge and i'm definitely if anybody is interested in healing through psychedelics i'm passing them on to you because you've obviously done all the the work and the research and everything but say for example someone is suffering from anxiety because i have a lot of people coming to me with anxiety issues what would, I mean, I know everybody's different, but what is really effective for anxiety?
1: Well, I would, first thing I would look as a health coach is I would look at that diet because um, your, your, the, what you eat affects your brain, you know? So one thing I would get people, one of the biggest problems in the Western world is that most people are on this diet called the sad diet. I don't know if you've heard of it. The standard American diet, and which is the
0: crappy diet,
1: (laughs) and that alone will cause depression and and anxiety and all that kind of stuff. So what what I first thing I do is try to move people away uh, from the um, sad diet. um, So that's
0: heavy on the grains, right? Um... The sad
1: diet is basically uh, it's the sad diet is processed foods. And eating uh, too many carbs. So, what I do is I move people away from there. So, my goal is to get them away from processed foods. Um, And then also to get them to miss breakfast and to have their breakfast at 12. Yeah. Those are the two big ones. So, uh, what causes anxiety, by the way, is eating uh, sugar and sugar, you know, sugar stuff and uh, flour based stuff. So, sugar and flour, I try to get them away from. And then I get them to add. Uh, good fats, so your brain mm-hmm. needs a lot of fat. Uh, so I get them to add like eat like grass-fed butter, uh, coconut mm-hmm. oil, avocados, uh, ghee, uh, mm-hmm. extra virgin olive oil. You know all the cold-pressed oils like that. And once you once you start getting rid of the sugar and the flour, which is bread and all that kind of stuff, pizza and all that, and you start adding good quality fats, you'll notice that naturally you're much calmer and your and your anxiety gets less and less and your depression will get less and less as well wow um, and
0: i really yeah. am a big believer on animal fat um i've got a bottle of ghee next to my stove and that's Me what too. i use and yeah, actually I I... I I do stay away from the oils like even olive oil because they can get, they can go rancid um very
1: easily yes
0: so man Eat the. I love butter. Just use butter, butter and ghee, and uh, lard, which is hard to get actually here
1: in the UK. It's quite easy to get the the beauty in the UK is that uh, lard, uh, beef fat, you know, um, duck fat, goose fat, uh, pig fat. Not many people eat them here, and so they're really cheap.
0: Oh, see, that, I can't find lard. I've looked. Yeah.
1: Okay. I mean, I because I buy like jars of lard for like one or two pounds. That's good quality lard. Oh my as well. God. It's I don't know, even know butter. where to
0: buy it here.
1: Uh, well, where are you, by the way?
0: I'm in um, South Carolina, which is in the southeastern United States. So, which is surprising because, you know, they love fried food and stuff down here, but Maybe I'm not looking in the right place, but they have Crisco oil, which um, is soybean. And uh, that's not the same thing. That's not what you A- want.
1: Any anything, anything like vegetable oils is really, yeah, oxygenic. It's really bad for you. So my goal is to get my, the, the, yeah. So my clients, like um, sugar, flour, anything flour-based and anything vegetable oil. I get them to eliminate it from their diet, add good quality fats in. And once you do that, then you're, you become naturally healthier, calmer. And if, if you have anxiety that starts to disappear as well. Um, so those, that, that's the main thing that that's what I would tackle. Yeah. And the other one is just getting people to journal. Journaling is really powerful. Yes. One I recommend that on. all the time. And once you write down your thoughts, then they become, then they make more sense. Because if I'm just playing in my head, oh, she doesn't like me or he doesn't like me, or, you know, like all that kind of stuff going around. But once you write it down, you're like, oh, that's a bit ridiculous, isn't it?
0: Well, the other thing, it's a transformation process. So what you're doing is you're transmuting the thoughts, putting it on paper. So it's almost like, it's like you're pulling your thoughts out. Putting on the paper and now they're on the paper now and they're not in your head anymore.
1: And they make a lot more sense as well, you know, like or or not.
0: Or 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 you just get it out, you know, somehow yeah. you get it out instead of letting it run in your brain twenty-four-seven. But um, but you know, so many people are resistant to reading and journaling and, and I'm like if you want to get better, you gotta try these things. And I'm sure you're recommending it because it worked for you and it's worked for me. I've journaled since I was in sixth grade. I had books and books and books and most of it was like complaining or outlet stuff so I didn't keep it but anyway it's something I've done since I was a kid. Yeah. I have a journal for everything. I have a tarot journal. I have a general journal. I have I have my book notes that I take notes on my book. And and then I have like the everything journal that sits on my desk while I kind of write notes while I sit here or during the podcast episodes, so I can figure out what I want to title it. So I got the everything <laughs> journal. Oh. <laughs> So, you know what, I'm kind of curious about the silent retreats. I think I would like to try that because I I think it would become interesting after a while without all the distractions and and knowing how I am, where am I going to go after a while?
1: Well, well the most powerful uh, meditation I've ever come across is Vipassana. Uh, they have it all over the world, so they'll be centered near you, basically it's 10 days silent and all you do is meditate that's it
0: how do you and spell that
1: V I P A S S A N A
0: okay the that's
1: I do it about once a year so I've done five now um, and it, it, to, for me it's the most powerful thing I do and what I would also recommend is not is skipping breakfast yeah. They give you uh, uh, breakfast which is cereals and, and toast and shit like that. The just,
0: sad diet. Yeah, the sad <laughs> diet. I don't
1: I don't even go into the uh, the kitchen area for breakfast. I just get my green tea and you know, go and meditate. Um, yeah. and when I found it the most powerful, one of the vipassanas, I did it fasting. Um and that is even more intense. So it's like it intensifies it. I find it, it fasting is like an accelerator to uh any spiritual stuff i do It accelerates everything i do uh, so it's a very powerful thing um so yeah if you're gonna do a vipassana fast really good
0: i'll look into it i don't know i don't know if i can do 10 days
1: oh you don't have to do 10 days but like you know like uh maybe eat once every other day you know have lunch once every other day or something
0: Oh, I mean just the retreat, like a ten day retreat.
1: I oh, don't know I if I see.
0: could get away for that long, but
1: ah, uh, right. See, I, I book it months in advance. So I've got one booked in January that I'm gonna go on. Yeah. Um and so I book mines like months in advance and then I plan around it. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, that's blocked. Uh because it's ten days, but you need about eleven. Uh so I block that time off and boom, it's it's sacred. Uh, so what is, are
0: what are the benefits of the silent retreat? I mean, what kind of, are you getting aha moments? What's going on during the 10 days?
1: So the first time I went to do it, I, it was 2014. Um, I came across it. I don't know. I can't remember how I came. It was a woman. That was it. She was telling me about it. And I was like, my eye, my eyes were light because I was in a dark place, like a really dark place dungeon place i was depressed you know i was eating the sad diet five six meals a day i was you know anxious i had like everything everything was wrong right. and i didn't like me you know i hated me uh and so i went on this because i when the way this woman explained it to him it was like this is what i need and it was it was the equivalent uh because you're just you by yourself and it's just you in your little world it was uh, the way i would describe it it was like being it, like somebody putting a straitjacket on you and putting you in a padded cell with the incredible hulk and basically i because i hated myself i tunnelled the shit out of myself like it was a battle basically so by the end of it it was like i'd just been 10 rounds with mike tyson or something um, so i didn't really do much meditating on the first one it was just me <laughs> beating be the shit out of myself right yeah <laughs> but I realized how powerful it was so as soon as I came back I booked the next one I think it was in three months time or something and I was gone again and the second one was the same it was just me sitting in darkness and tunnelling the shit out of myself in my head just being and but there was a I managed to do some meditating right <laughs> but i knew it was, it was that sounds powerful. rough <laughs> yeah it was it was hard it was really hard um it was like being put in a ring with tyson and going right kick the shit out of him right and it was just but that tyson is you <laughs> right you know, right you know but the third one oh my god the third one i was finally i was at a point where i could meditate um and the third one was insane um so one of the things your mind does, it doesn't want to meditate, right? Yeah. And so what your mind will do is then try to trick you into not meditating. So on one of them, uh, I think it was the second or the third one, I can't remember, but on day two or day three, my mind puts me in the penthouse, you know, the uh, play playboy mansion.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And so for the whole day, I'm every time i close my eyes i got a full color visual video like i'm watching a movie of me in the Play- playboy mentioning every orgies you know, oh for whole day. in full color right because <laughs> it doesn't want to meditate right so i'm just sitting there in all these orgies is this another
0: lifetime book. That
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but it was and i and i knew it was just my mind trying to stop me meditating and yeah. so for the whole day, I had that. But then the next day, it disappeared, right? It went mm-hmm. away. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then your mind will, so it will create pain in your body, back pain, shoulder pain, you name it. You headaches, whatever you call it, right? All of those manifest because it doesn't want to meditate. But by day three or four, it eventually sort of caves into you. And then you can start doing some real meditating. And by day six or seven, oh my God, you get an aha moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like a big aha moment. It's insane. It's like breaking through the onion and mm-hmm. you come out, you come, you get a, and it breaks through to the nothingness and then you, you can see it. You know, like it's almost, it's like, imagine you're in the onion and I give you a, a drill and I go, right, drill your way out and you're drilling your way out and that's, the vipassana meditation is your drilling. Okay. And you just keep drilling, and you just keep drilling day in day out. You just keep drilling until eventually it drills through, and then suddenly you break through.
0: So it's, are you like... are you alone the whole time, or are yes. you meditating in groups? Nothing. You're, you're like
1: meditating. A... You're meditating in groups, but you're alone. So you're mm-hmm. in your little lone bubble. You're not allowed to look at other people. You're not allowed to talk to other people. They are in their own little bubbles. So you don't try to interact with them. They don't try to interact with you because you don't want to ruin it for them. And they don't want to ruin it for you. But still, so...
0: energy-wise, you would feel the other people. Did you feel what you, what was you, going on you, with the other people?
1: You would. I didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would.
1: Yeah. yeah, you would. For sure. Yeah, but for me, I, was, I just created a bubble around me. And I was alone. It was just me. Yeah. So. well,
0: I could like I could go and sense what's going on, but I could also do the bubble thing where now I'll keep I'll pull in my energy so I don't get any information. Does that makes sense? Yes. Yeah. And when I need information or somebody asks me to, I push my energy field out with the feelers, and that's how I get the information. Yeah, so I I teach people how to pull their energy field in, like empaths, so that they're not all the way out here picking up all this extra crap that they don't need to know or feel.
1: Mm. See, I have no problems pulling it in. My problem is pushing it out.
0: Interesting. Well, that's why you need the psychedelics, because the psychedelics is expanding you. Yes. Because maybe you're naturally here.
1: But I think yeah, I, with I,
0: I, practice, you could do it.
1: Yeah, yes, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, the, the other thing with the darkness retreat, it simulates um, um, ayahuasca.
0: So how long is the darkness retreat?
1: So the one I did was seven days. But having done that seven-day one, I would recommend if anybody's going to do one, To do a minimum of 14 or 21 days because the seven days just gets you into it and then to really enjoy you know to get the maximum out of it you need i think a minimum of another seven days because the way it works your brain so dmt is produced by your brain all the time especially when you sleep so when you're asleep your brain starts producing dmt uh, but it gets consumed as well Uh, and what um, ayahuasca does, it, incre- it, it increases the amount of DMT in your brain, which is what then allows you to connect to the source. Um, what darkness does, so if you sit in complete darkness, I mean like where it's pitch black, you can't see your hands, anything, right? If you sit in pitch black, the brain st- because you're in, you're in darkness, your brain starts producing more and more DMT. And the longer you sit in complete darkness without any light source whatsoever, the, the more DMT gets produced. And so what I found for me um, when I was in complete darkness, the first day, nothing happens. Right, So um, I'm navigating. I'm in a like a studio flat, but it's in complete darkness. And so I've got access to toilet, showers and all that kind of stuff. Um, one of the things you lose track of is time. Like ten minutes later, you don't know whether it's ten minutes later or ten hours later. Like you have no idea. Uh, and the other thing starts happening is you're never alone. Do you know that? Like, you would think like in complete pitch darkness, you'd be in complete pitch. It's not. There's lights everywhere, um, and the lights get brighter the longer you stay in there uh so i was i used to do a lot of yoga in um in the darkness mm-hmm. and i knew where the wall was and so what my brain started doing is it would it would create a light source behind me you know it could be a red light source or a blue or one of those colors or white and then that light source is coming onto my body and then creating a shadow on the wall so this is complete pitch blackness and i can see my shadow on the wall yeah so it's, it's insane <laughs> and then and then these lights would appear around me you know by day five or six it, if i could see more and more it's like you're in fog when you're first in there and then the fog gets thinner and thinner and thinner so you can see further and further away yeah. And so the lights and everything gets brighter. And one of the things I noticed was that, um, well, that was it. Some of the meditations I did were where I was imagining bright white light traveling through me. But in complete darkness, you can see it. So I could see the this light like with my eyes. So I could see the bright lights that was in my center that I had created. So i could see all these lights you know that i was creating
0: mm-hmm. and
1: but I, but I could see them with my eyes i don't know if that, how to explain that um and and then it felt like what it looked like it was slowly revealing to me was that it was like i was um on a stage you know like a theater stage and those were the lights and they would come on at different times and different colors and it was like I was an actor on a stage at a play, you know? Um, yeah, that's the best. And I have read about, you know, other people doing 20 days, 30 days, 40 days, and they end up talking to their higher selves or God or the angels or whatever you want to manifest manifest out there in the same way that we're having this conversation. Yeah. So uh there was a woman I read about that she'd done forty days in complete darkness and she had she'd spent weeks talking to a higher self, to angels, to all kinds of beings, like as if you were having the conversation, you know, like this. Yeah. Um and... I have
0: conversations like that.
1: <laughs> okay. Then <laughs> you don't need to do the darkness thing either. <laughs> You see the amount of work I have to do, right? For you, you go, yeah, okay, let's start done. All right, let's start. Me, travel to another country, sit, hire a flat which is in complete darkness, sit in there for weeks, right? To be able to achieve the same results that you can do in matter of minutes.
0: Yeah, you're really working hard at it. (laughs) Let me ask you something. I saw um, a TikTok video uh, from a psychic medium and I just reposted it on my Instagram account but she talked about how she believes that our thoughts are not ours and that we are simply receiving thoughts from somewhere else according to how our vibration is so if our vibration is high well will hear the positive but if it's low we will hear the negative what do you think of that
1: yeah i actually so that's so we are um like a receiver like a radio antenna yes yes and we can we can tune actually there is some science behind this by the way let me see yeah so that, so so every cell in our body is alive yeah and every cell in our body has rec- receivers Right, and they are tuned. All the cells in my body, for example, are tuned to a certain frequency, and all the ones in your body are tuned to a slightly different frequency. And so, this is why uh, one of the reasons why, like, if I took some cells from you and put it in my body, my body would see them as a the foreign thing and reject them. This is why we get this rejection, you know, when we move cells from one body to another, because the 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 receiver is you know is tuned differently or wrong you know in a, in, a, yeah. in a different frequency <clears throat> and so and this they've actually found this in the cells uh, like these there's some biologists that've actually found these they call them i think they call them like identity receptors mm-hmm. and so every cell in our body is receiving like a signal, so we're we're just um we're just like a tv or, or a radio we're just receiving signals from elsewhere so our consciousness is is up there somewhere and it's it's plugging into us through this frequency
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's um there's a name for this it's called i think it's called epigenetic that's it yeah epigenetic. yeah
0: so so many people think they are their thoughts but you are not your thoughts
1: yeah well there's a meditation you can do which is where you just sit there and you go, I'm not, I'm not this body. I'm not even this mind. I'm not this body. I'm not even this mind. And, um, what it does, if you keep doing it over a period of months, you'll suddenly, um, see that gap. Actually, you know, there is a gap between me, the I, the I am and, uh, my thoughts and my body you know mm-hmm. once you see that and it's only like a small gap but once you see it you go oh then you experience that you are not your body or your mind or your thoughts
0: and let me ask you about how creator created everything was it a thought was so it an in... emotion what was it that started it all
1: so According to um, my experiences, you know, going up in the psychedelic world and also uh, Kashmir Shaivism, um, we the the whole of the universe is a thought in God's mind. Yes, God is only mind. There's no body. It's just, and that mind is consciousness. Yeah, and and within, and so the way to look at it is, you can think of God as as a tank of water, you know, like a full tank of water and consciousness is the water, but that tank has no outside and that tank doesn't end. So it, it's an, in size, it's infinite. And in that tank of water, the universe is basically a drop. And in that drop, you're basically a drop. yeah, And so, um, so the way we, so a human being or any other being is, it's like going into the ocean and getting a glass and putting some of that water in the glass so that's now our body mm-hmm. you know but you're from the source you know you're from the ocean and yeah. your soul or whatever you want to call it is basically a a vessel containing consciousness or a soul yeah
0: so do you think there are multiple creators
1: According to um, um, uh, Eastern philosophies, right at the top, which is called non-duality, there is only one, and that is just pure consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it's completely still, and that is like the uh, that is existence, and that's what it is the ocean. I'm calling it right. Yeah. But within that ocean, that creator that one has created many yes there's like it's created yeah. almost like an infinite number yeah so there's shiva shakti there's krishna there's rama there's you know like and the list is i think endless. Infinite. infinite so there
0: is a creator of this universe but there are other universes with other yes. creators that's it so you yes. might enjoy these books Um, by Robert Shapiro he's a channeler but he has done um, books on um, what is the name of it the explorer series so he talks about how we are part of the creator and we're training to take over creator's job and when we get enough training and um, learning and experience This creator, this universe is going to go somewhere else. We're not sure where he's going to go. We're going to take over. And he talks about the multiple creators. And the consciousness of, of even star constellation. Which I get a kick out of. And also he talks about how this creator of our universe. Consulted with other creators and beings. To create this universe. And one of those beings is isis
1: all right okay
0: yeah so this is like the mind-boggling stuff that you could totally sink your teeth into into because i know you'll get it
1: (laughs) well well, according to uh, there's actually there's an experiment going on at the moment i don't know if it's completed or not Uh, but what they're looking at they're they're um, they're monitoring the sun right and they're trying to figure out, this is like a group of scientists, and they're trying to figure out whether the sun is conscious. Yes. Right?
0: It is. And, and it's a portal into this universe.
1: Mm. And, and the, so the, the, there's, a, there's a theory, and I can't remember the name of it, but everything is conscious. So the yes. sun is conscious, the earth is conscious, uh, the moon is conscious, the, the stars are conscious. Everything. And, Everything, yeah, and they're trying to. So, what they're doing is they're monitoring all the frequencies from the sun to trying to see if they can detect that it's conscious. There's some I can't remember the I don't this was years ago I looked there, uh, so I don't remember the exact, but there is some sort of formula that will tell you whether it's conscious or not. Some sort, Yeah. yeah,
0: and so some of some of Robert Shapiro's books, um, talks about the creator bringing in negativity to the universe and that other creators and consultants for lack of a better word like isis were saying this is not a good idea i think you're in over your head so he talks about the personality of this creator and how he loved variety for example and he was bringing in all these various beings to be on in his universe and on this planet. And so it's just so fascinating.
1: Yeah, because the thing is, like if, l- let's look at it from the point of view of the creator, right? So all of existence is the creator and all of existence has always existed and it will always exist, right? And it just, so it's infinite in every direction. It's also Mm -hmm. infinite in size. It's infinite in in energy. It's infinite in what it can do. Like, and so imagine you're the creator and you are infinite in every every symmetry, right? And Mm -hmm. you've got an eternity. You can't die. (laughs) You you were never born. You're never going to die, right? Right. What are you going to do? right right (laughs) what are you going to do you're just going to play and imagine you can do anything and everything so your play is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger more and more complex you know so yeah i i don't know where where it ends but like like, imagine like you've always been here and you're always going to be here imagine you're sitting in your bedroom there, right and you've always been sitting there on the laptop on your in your bedroom and you've always going to be there like forever you know what are you going to do <laughs> you're right. just going to be creating all kinds of wonderful jigsaw things uh, yeah writing programs so that's you know. how
0: i think I, it started i think non-duality that being was hanging out that consciousness was hanging out there all fine and dandy and then all of a sudden it's, it asked there's gotta be something else and that's where creation started.
1: Yeah. And it just and
0: keeps going and going, 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 going.
1: And it's infinite, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like I I study quantum physics and I and I've been trying to conceptualize in my head what it must be to be infinite and to be to live in infinity where there's no time no space and everything is infinite in every single way and i can't do it my brain just goes divide by zero error divide by zero error it's interesting like my, my 3d brain isn't able to comprehend and and, and conceptualize infinity it just can't I think, do it. i think i can i oh, think i, I can
0: look. go hang out in nothingness
1: no, I can I can do be that. Be okay I, with that. But I, I can't like if you know, imagine if I said to you, imagine uh, I don't know, like a doll's house, right? And you could imagine the doll's house and being around that in the going into the doll's house and all that. Well, I'm trying to do that with infinity. I'm trying to conceptualize it and be you know, and I can't do it. My brain won't yeah. stretch that far. It's like That's my difficult. brain is yeah. It's like my brain is 3D. And I'm trying to imagine 5D, you know, like, and I, it just can't be done, but yeah, not for my brain anyway. Um,
0: Well, it's difficult because we, we're not, we don't have all our awareness. So, and we can't because we'd probably be paralyzed if we could remember the thousand lives that we lived on 20 million planets. It's just Mm. too much information. It's just too much. So it's really for us to function here. And we can access it, but not all at once in the body. Well, maybe someday we could. Mm, That'd be cool, but not right now.
1: We need a few (laughs) upgrades. Uh, In yoga, they talk about uh, the Big Bang. uh, But in yoga, they call it the Big Roar. So at the beginning, there was a word. The word is om. And out of om, om is the primordial sound. Uh, because it made without using anything, and out of that om comes all the other sounds so the uh, so that's the big bang om is the big bang, and yeah. according to some yogis in Araveda not in araveda in 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 yoga, mm. they reckon that we've had eighty three big bangs so far, so this universe has gone through eighty three wow. Iterations. And mm-hmm. apparently, I don't know where they're getting this information from, but the the end result is that something big is going to happen when we get to I think it's like 127. So once we reach, so with these big bangs keep happening until we reach uh, like 127 or something, some number like that, and we're at and 83. Then what? No idea. <laughs>
0: well, I have to tell you, there's very few people I could talk to about this, which they would get it. So mm-hmm. I thank you so much. I'm so glad we met. And if you could share how people can find you online and your services, and uh, that would be great.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm uh, Joe Baines. Uh, Joe Baines Comedy is my comedy side. And you can just Google it anywhere. It'll come up. And then on my uh, biohacking health coaching, it's Effortless Biohacking or Biohacking by Joe Baines. Or you can just go on joebaines.com. So that's my website. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. So on, on yeah. YouTube, I'm just Joe Baines. So just you, I think you can just Google me and it, you will find me
0: yeah find this guy he's got a lot of knowledge like a lot yeah so so much fun talking to you and i hope we talk again because i could talk about this forever
1: yeah it just goes right I, I, yeah <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you've come across sanskrit Have you come across sanskrit
0: yeah i know sanskrit and just all right do you know how to read sanskrit
1: Yeah. I'm learning to read it. Wow! Yeah. It's so hard, but I'm loving it. So basically if my, my bed, it drives my girlfriend nuts. When she comes home, like the whole bed is covered in like pieces of paper where I've been writing Sanskrit.
0: Wow. (laughs) So some of the Reiki symbols um, do have a Sanskrit foundation.
1: Oh, do they? Ah, yes, okay. they
0: do. They're not just Japanese. They're Tibetan and Sanskrit. So their their foundations come from actually Bon Shamanism as well. So there's a lot of Eastern philosophy wrapped ah,
1: around that. One of the things I want to start is a um, a podcast on um, or a video a video blog on eastern mysticism and sanskrit Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. that's one of my goals because i've been in sanskrit for like three years and it's it's like it's the language of creation so yes it is
0: i heard it was so ancient that when you say the words that something happens it's the vibration of saying words in sanskrit that has power so yeah that's really cool
1: yeah, my girlfriend uh, is is like you, extremely sensitive. And so when she hears Sanskrit, energies flow through her body.
0: Right? I bet. So, Maybe I yeah. should listen to Sanskrit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Definitely.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, what they- I've got what I've got here is this is because I do stand up comedy. Um I this is my speaker that I travel with. And what I've got recorded in there is I've got Sanskrit chanting. Um, yeah. So it just just plays it. And she listens to it and I listen to it like in the morning or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah.
0: Well, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try and see what, what feelings come up when I listen yeah. to Sanskrit. So, yeah. So listen yeah. to
1: some mantras or some chanting on YouTube.
0: Um, yeah. See, yeah. Well, thank Brilliant. you so much, Joe, for being on the show. It's been so fun. T- hopefully people were able to follow us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if not, you know what? Listen to the episode again. Exactly. You know, yeah. maybe you'll yeah. get more of it or follow us more. But thank you for so much for being on the show.
1: Uh, thank you very much. I've, uh, I've had an awesome time. Uh, namaste.
0: Namaste. Thank you for listening. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Check out our website on tinakinneclark.com. Also, we're on Facebook, and like us on Facebook and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience.